Welcome to another edition of the Digest of Issues Affecting Sustainable Business. My name's Anthony Day. You can find more details about me at anthony-day.com. Air miles, food miles, carbon footprint. How much carbon does your daily commute emit? Al Gore's in the news again for various reasons. And we've come across some very creative recycling. First of all, though, there are more airport protests planned, this time in Edinburgh. You'll remember that back in the summer, the Camp for Climate Change set up at Heathrow. There were all sorts of dire predictions about how it would cause tremendous chaos at the airport, and the police were there in force, and some say they acted fairly heavy-handedly. However, the airport was not disrupted, there was a certain amount of publicity, people knew that there were people protesting about aviation pollution. Heathrow is, after all, the second most polluted site in the UK after Drax Power Station. Well, the protesters have now moved up to Edinburgh. Edinburgh plans a new runway at the airport, so they're sitting down to protest about that. They're also taking the opportunity to protest at the offices of the Royal Bank of Scotland for two reasons. One is that they've got a brand new office quite close to Edinburgh Airport, so that makes it very convenient. The other reason is that they see the Royal Bank of Scotland as the enemy because they fund the oil and gas industries. The protesters claim that oil is the fuel of the past. On the other hand, the bank says that they are number one as far as arranging finance for re renewable energy projects is concerned, and they talk at length about their green credentials. There is right on both sides. Oil is certainly the fuel of the past, but it's going to be the fuel for the foreseeable future, although not for the long-term future, because it's clear that it's running out, it's getting short, and it will get much more expensive. There is always a debate about food miles. If we're going to have food out of season, it has to be shipped to us from all corners of the world. And people grumble and complain about all those aircraft crisscrossing the skies, bringing in luxuries. Well, today a report has come out which indicates that it's not just aircraft. In fact, shipping creates far more pollution than the aircraft industry. Why is this? Well, on the one hand, an aircraft engine is a highly precision bit of kit and it works on the most refined fuel. On the other hand, a marine diesel engine is an enormous chunk of machinery which will burn almost anything, and it does. It burns the lowest grade fuel possible because it's cheap, and of course it's not clean. In fact, the shipping lanes around the coasts of Europe and the Mediterranean are heavily polluted with the fumes from the increasing numbers of ships which are bringing the goods to our shores as a consequence of globalization. Why is this an issue for business? Well, it's all to do with the carbon footprint. We've seen in the UK the carbon label, which I've mentioned before, and there's going to be more and more pressure on business to account for the carbon emissions which result from the activities of the supply chain that they're involved in. 
So whatever you buy and sell, whether it's food or not, if it's transported around the world by air or by ship, it's going to have a carbon footprint. You're going to have to account for that carbon footprint. Your consumers may criticise that carbon footprint and the government may well tax that carbon footprint. Incidentally, what about the carbon footprint of your journey to work each day? I've just come across the fact that Multimap, you know Multimap which allows you to find almost anywhere in the country and also allows you to find a route between where you are and where you want to be. Well, Multimap has got this feature now which not only shows you directions but it actually shows you how much carbon that journey has emitted, which is quite interesting. We've just been away for the weekend and I looked on Multimap and it said that driving a medium car we would have emitted 80 kilograms of carbon for our weekend round trip. Now I don't drive a conventional medium family car, I drive a hybrid and I know that it emits only 104 grams of carbon per kilometre so instead of 80 kilograms my trips only cost about 40 kilograms. Mind you, if we had done our journey on a coach the total carbon would have been only 6.9 kilograms. It all adds up. If it's part of your carbon footprint and in due course is going to be part of your tax assessment it's worth considering. It's worth considering how you can reduce it. Good week for Al Gore who received the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in promoting information about the dangers of climate change. He shared it with the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. On the other hand, there was a High Court action this week where a father, who is also a school governor, tried to prevent the government from distributing Al Gore's film into all schools because he claimed that it was a politicised document. Now I think it probably is a very political document, in fact that was my impression of it when I first saw the film. The thing is it promotes Al Gore almost as much as it promotes his ideas about the climate. And At the time I thought that well this was in fact electioneering. There is an elect Al Gore campaign. There is an organization which still wants him to stand for the Democratic nomination. Maybe it'll happen. My criticism of the film was that in some cases it was superficial, in some cases it took liberties with the statistics, and broadly those are the conclusions that the judge reached. The problem is that there is nothing certain about science and the way that Al Gore was presenting things tended to imply that things were certain and they're not. The result of the, of the uh, court case is that the film can be distributed to schools but there's got to be some sort of health warning or disclaimer or it's got to be made clear that there is a political agenda. It's American politics after all. It's not really going to affect us, is it? Looking at the film, the thing that I didn't like about it was the fact that 
It tells you what's wrong, but it doesn't tell you what to do about it. Until you come to the rolling credits at the very end, when in amongst the names of the director, the photographer, the producer and so on, it has little things like drive a smaller car, turn down your central heating, and so on and so on. And I felt that that's probably the most important part of the film, and here it is tucked away amongst the credits. The other side of it, of course, is that if Al Gore had really stood up and said, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to lose, this is what you're going to suffer if you're really serious about climate change, well, then nobody would vote for him. But I'm just a cynic. What's the upshot of this? Well, it is not absolutely certain that CO2 is the cause of climate change. Not absolutely certain. You cannot say that Hurricane Katrina was caused by climate change. You cannot say that the floods that we've had in the UK this year were caused by climate change. And incidentally, isn't it amazing how quickly we forget? We forget the fact that people were flooded out in Gloucestershire and lost their drinking water. They were flooded out in Doncaster and Hull. And all those people probably won't be back in their homes for Christmas. We forget the fact that the M1 was closed for several days because the floods had filled a dam which was in danger of bursting and washing the motorway away. We forget as well that the M5 was blocked with flood water for 12 hours. People were trapped in their cars for 12 hours. Anyway, whether this is caused by carbon dioxide or not, we cannot be certain. Although we can say that all these exceptional events are consistent with the theory. They don't prove it, but they are the sort of things that we would expect if the theory is true. And if you still don't believe that carbon dioxide is, uh, or at least man-made carbon dioxide, is anything to do with it, another reason for cutting back on carbon emissions is that by cutting back on carbon emissions, well, you can only do it by cutting back, really, on burning fossil fuels. And fossil fuels are going to be short. They're going to be expensive. So the less you use of them, the better it's going to be for your bottom line. And finally, creative recycling. Well, they probably didn't call it recycling, but you may have read in the paper about the 200 people in the West Midlands who were arrested this week. They were recycling people's doorknobs selling them for scrap and exporting them. Not just doorknobs. Apparently they also took a whole school roof and a metal bus shelter. That's not really what it's about. I'm Anthony Day. You can find out more about me at www.anthony-day.com I speak, write and consult on energy and climate change and sustainability issues as they affect business. I'm a speaker. Thank you for being a listener.